ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to call the meeting to order. Um, and um, I'm not certain where some of our other board members are present, but I'm sure they're coming or they come traffic or. Um, and as much as I would be inclined to wait, that's not my inclination. Okay, uh, we're going to get the meeting started. Uh, would you please call roll? Trustee Lawrence? Here. Trustee DeVries? Not here yet. Trustee Hernandez? She'll be dialing in. Trustee Banerjee is not here yet. Trustee Jensen is not here yet. Trustee Lijanati? Present. Hi, Jim. Hey. Good afternoon. Trustee Zorthian? Uh, I think she just stepped out here. She's here. Okay, well, welcome to the education session of the trustees. I will ask if there are any public comment. Okay, we have no public comment. Uh, therefore, I'm going to quickly turn the meeting over to our CEO. So, Rebecca. Thank you very much. Um, good afternoon, trustees, uh, and those on, on call. Hi, Jen. Um, we're, uh, as you know, uh, this is a continuation of the, one of the agenda items for our, sounds like we just had. Is that Maria? Who joined? Uh, Trustee Hernandez, is that you? Um, this is Maria Hernandez. All right. Hi. Hi. Maria. Good. Hello. Uh, so we're just getting started, and as I was saying, uh, we, um, uh, this session is a continuation of an action item, or an agenda item. Discussion item from the last business meeting, which was the fiscal year 2017 budget. So, this is uh, for our, our discussion. And should we make sure we have this on call? Who joined? Did someone just join? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, we um, uh, we're, continue, we're continuing the, the presentation uh, with further. further review and uh, follow-up from our last discussion that this is not an action item, as you know, it's, a, it's as we discussed, the second meeting of sorts of the budget. Uh, I will largely turn this uh, presentation over to our CFO to go into the detail, uh, continuing from the, the detail that we're doing in the last discussion, and the Q&A with the trustees. And uh, the third uh, reading or uh, um, vetting of this uh, item will come in our June business meeting uh, in a few weeks where we'll, we'll, it will convert to an action item where we'll be requesting and uh, pursuing vote for approval uh, for the fiscal year 17 budget, following up on any discussion or outstanding items that we have today or ones that you specifically ask us to follow up on. Okay, so with that context, I'd like to turn it over to David to, to go into the presentation. Uh, Thank you, Rebecca. And also, assisting me will be um, the, the structure of the presentation tonight is really to um, not duplicate the last meeting, but to pick up where we left off, uh, to show you what we've done since then and uh, where we are. Um, we've also continued to um, build out the, uh, the budget package, which is attached. We include payer information. Obviously, we've updated uh, any of the numbers that have changed. We've checked statistics. And to refine that, but I think we have a, a pretty good um, budget package. So, um, 
So building on the uh, work that was previously done, um, what we've done since then, in the last two weeks, is we've, we've gone back to the all of the individual budgets, <clears throat> and we've identified uh, departments where their actual performance was actually better than budget, and we identified w whether some of that could be repeated, and to the extent that it was, we've we've built that into the budget uh, for next year, and that resulted in a um, an improvement, which you'll see in a minute. Um, then the other thing we did is we uh, we looked at the strategic plan, and in particular, we went through each of the um, business units and looked at the 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 ideas and initiatives that had come out of there and uh, <clears throat> tried to build as many of them as possible into the budget so that we knew that the, the budget is, is driven by the plan. Uh, we also looked at the budget from um, in terms of system support costs and said, well, what's going to be required? Um, and you see some of the things we know specifically, some, you know, there's more work to be done, but we, we want to uh, kind of point out what we know at this time. Um, so the result of that is that we now have a um, budget that uh, achieves our target, a 5% EBITDA margin. Um, at the time that I wrote this, <clears throat> we had a $2 million reserve. Uh, I was just talking to uh, Jody and Jeanette about the benefits budget, and we now have a $4 million reserve, which is good. Um, so it's improved slightly, um, realizing that there are other managers who have already come to us and said, um, you know, there's some other things we'd like to do. <laughs> so so uh, we're forming the line for that. Uh, the thing that we did not accomplish is we didn't really incorporate the action OI benchmarks yet into the, into the analysis. And I'm really thinking that um, we, will, we should do that when the new chief operating officer arrives. And it'll take us a few weeks to just get the formatting for the reports in place. But I think that's a, a good... Uh, a good body of work for him to, to dive into when he gets there, gets here. Okay. Um, the budget objectives themselves stay the same, um, and uh, we we do believe that we have a credible budget and can be achieved. Um, one thing we haven't really done yet is look at the risk factors in the budget <clears throat> and develop contingency plans. That's something that we did last year, and we should probably do that again. Um, yeah, you might recall in the prior year the board um, wanted us to come back after you know three or four or five months and uh, let you know how we're doing against the plan and whether we thought any interventions were required and that that might be a, a good discipline to maintain. Um, <clears throat> the um, uh, you saw this slide last time. I'm not going to go through it again. The the reason is is really is a lead-in to. Um, all of the initiatives that are coming out of the, uh, the plan. So the first thing we have are these um, uh, strategic business units, the six strategic business units. And uh, what I've done is I've sat down with Jeanette and Ishwari and <clears throat> sort of gone through there and tried to capture um, the things that um, really need to be done and try to provide funding for them. So, for example, um, SBU 1 is population health. Well, we need to have an IT infrastructure. And um, we have a proposal to do that, and we're looking at alternatives, uh, but we want to make sure we have dollars in there. So that's a, probably a, a million-dollar cost, and that has been built into the budget. Um, we, we also have um, uh, an objective and a need to expand our care coordination function to cover the entire system and 
to redesign uh, and in many cases expand and supplement uh, care coordination. Um, and we have a, uh, an assessment already completed by Freed and Associates with a price tag of about a million dollars on that and we have built that into the budget. Um, now we expect to, to gain from that. We expect to see improved throughput, reduced length of stay, greater capacity, um, reduced denials, which will increase our net revenue. Um, we're also in negotiations with the Alameda Alliance and we expect to um, uh, negotiate at some type of a gain sharing arrangement. We haven't built the gain sharing in yet, but <clears throat> as you saw from the volume forecast, we've built significant increases into the budget for ambulatory care, uh, acute care. Um, so there's, there's, uh, those are directly correlated. <clears throat> in uh, the area of physician delivery, um, <clears throat> we, we know that we continue to have uh, significant opportunities uh, in the area of pro-fee billing. So we've uh, allocated um, $500,000 to assist us in a redesign of the uh, professional uh, profi billing process. Uh, <clears throat> when we get to IT, you'll see we've also got some systems uh, implementation in there. Um, but we do think that we're going to realize improved productivity, so more greater charge capture there. And also, we've got you know a physician contracting process uh, well underway. We have a new chief medical officer coming in. There's a number of contracts that are up for renewal, <clears throat> so we factored that in. Um, in the area of ambulatory clinics, <clears throat> we, we continue to talk, and this is actually an area that uh, Jeanette has been leading, but uh, we feel like there's a, a big opportunity to improve access through a redesign of the uh, scheduling and registration process. Do you care to make any comments at this time? Just a, just a couple. I've, um, I've been working with the um, SBU3 um, ambulatory clinics, and we have identified many things that need to, that need to be done in order to, in, to improve access. And historically, we mostly talked about, you know, add, we need to add this many, this many providers. But, um, but I wanted to know what was really, how it really worked in ambulatory care. So when I broke my wrist, I went to, I went to our clinic. Um, with without pulling ranks, so so I got to understand, you know what needs to what needs to be changed, and um, and we've had a group that primarily from finance that's been working on on helping us identify best practices for scheduling and registration. So we so we will be um, we will be making that change first, then um, looking at. Um, organizational redesign and and hopefully improve productivity from our providers because they'll be better able to care for to care for more of our patients in the same amount of time um, we will likely still need to um, to increase providers but but along with that we will probably need to expand space and need to figure out where to do that so there's there's a lot of work and in many ways you know the future of the organization is in is outside the hospital rather than inside the hospital right. so so we think that the um, the volume increase that's been budgeted <clears throat> can be accomplished um, through this redesign of the front end uh, we've reserved about half a million for that but as Jeanette indicated we haven't yet <clears throat> uh, built into the budget 
uh, increased providers. So that means we'll have more visits with the same number of providers, which you, you recognize as, uh, uh, as visits per physician per day. Um, <clears throat> I think when Dr. Bavaria um, presented, she said, you know, we might be able to get 10 or 20 percent increased productivity through these types of activities, but after that, <clears throat> then we're going to need to recruit. So um, we think we'll do this to the extent that we then identify that there needs to be more space, more providers. We'll, we'll bring that, you know, we'll look at that as a budget variance and, and make a decision based on the economics and the community needs at that point. Okay, um, in the area of acute care, this is this is one of the um, SBUs that, that you know, perhaps, um, um, I don't know, I guess doesn't have the same level of consensus or haven't, haven't progressed as far as the planning, but, but some of the things that um, we're building into the budget um, are the need for uh, improved operational efficiency. Uh, we mentioned the throughput issue. Um, <clears throat> last year, we were very successful at redesigning the um, nurse staffing uh, system at Highland. Um, there was a potential of rolling that out to the rest of the uh, uh, system, to ancillary services, as well as to the other hospitals. Um, <clears throat> we mentioned that building in the Action OI benchmarks, um, and actually the, these are things that are sort of on the list. I mean, we haven't built these into the budget yet, so this might be um, areas of opportunity. Um, but they have discussed <clears throat> you know, service rationalization, which type of patient should go to which hospital, uh, transfer protocols between the facilities, which, which could improve throughput and improve volume, um, the need to um, uh, complete the observation status project here at Highland Hospital, and then potential program expansion, which would be done in coordination with our, uh, our physicians. Um, <clears throat> in the area of behavioral health, um, as you know, uh, the um, current system is past, past capacity. So um, the, the volume actually, the, uh, the budget actually includes a slightly reduced volume and more staffing. So we think that's a, a good indication that we're trying to respond to um, the need. Um, <clears throat> the focus that's coming out of this group is, you know, the need for a system-wide program of care for behavioral health and then potentially looking at... Um, uh, expansion options for John George, and um, which of course is in the capital budget, as you recall, and then um, you know county relationships in terms of you know how the entire community can respond to the to the need, um, <clears throat> and then finding the area of uh, post-acute care, which is a new strategic business unit. Um, we have different care protocols across the different uh, skilled nursing facilities. So one effort is just to to develop a standard product. Um, we also think that there's a uh, <clears throat> near-term opportunity to uh, expand subacute care, um, particularly at Alameda Hospital because they have a vacant uh, unit currently, and then to um, to look at getting all of them onto a consolidated billing process. So those would be the, just kind of like the first-year initiatives for the SBU. I think you'll be seeing the strategic plan coming out <clears throat> within a month or so, and you'll see the entire plan, but these are just the near-term uh, initiatives. Okay. Um, the next thing we did is we then looked at um, support services and said, well, what will the, what needs to happen with support services to, to accomplish this? Um, and some of these are in the, in the budget, and some of them are uh, things that we think we need to do 
but will have to be prioritized through a, a business planning process. But so, for example, in the area of finance, um, we feel like we need to redesign uh, the Lawson system, which is our general ledger, because it's not organized to provide reporting that will support the current SBU structure. So the reports you get are largely done on it by our staff manipulating things in Excel spreadsheets. We'd like to have a system that's actually working for us rather than us working for them. Uh, similarly, we've talked about the need for a soaring financial rebuild, um, uh, the need to um, consolidate revenue cycle and get them into a new location where they can operate more efficiently, the need for a redesign of the professional revenue cycle, um, <clears throat> ambulatory access redesign, some of these were mentioned in the other SBUs, um, uh, a real focus on getting the patient access and eligibility process right because so much of our reimbursement is tied to the correct classification of uh, patients and then assisting on the observation status issue. Um, in the area of uh, uh, IT, and, and first of all, all of this is really kind of subject to this uh, IT uh, strategic planning process. So there are a lot of ideas of things that may need to be done, but we really need to get the, uh, the report from the consultants on what they think um, should be the priorities for the organization and, and in what sequence. But the, the types of things that, that might need to be done, I mentioned the soaring financial rebuild. Uh, we probably want to look at converting San Leandro and Alameda to our system in the short run because we can't gain any of the economies of scale and, you know, and we can't communicate clinically until we get everybody together on one system. Um, also, we're not uh, getting uh, meaningful use dollars because they don't have a, uh, an EHR that qualifies. Um, other things would include the uh, Ingenious Med Rain Tree project that would support professional billing, um, a, a clinical documentation improvement project is underway, and um, and obviously, you know, evaluating the uh, alternatives for an electronic health record. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt, but on the on the Saurian um, conversion for San Leandro and Alameda, so are we planning to do that in the next fiscal year? We, we are not currently planning to because we're uh, these are things that are probably going to be evaluated. Uh, I'm just simply getting them on the list as, as likely projects that will be considered. Uh, right. But we haven't made a decision to do that yet. So what he's calling out, uh, Trustee DeVries, is um, in the capital budget where we have um, uh, dollars set aside for IT priorities, this is a, a sort of a listing of some of the things that might come forward as we're doing um, what we're about to commence, which is the IT strategic plan. Uh, these are the set of options that the consultants are helping us uh, to interview internal stakeholders and exter external stakeholders uh, to determine which of these things might be things that we would do right away, later, not at all, based off of priorities for all the other things that the organization wants to do and which of these support those more mm -hmm. readily and more uh, um, sort of efficiently. So this is this is one of the things that could come forward, but it certainly is not right. a, a conclusion. And you'll see actually in that same grouping is an evaluation of EHR uh, alternatives, which is still saying, uh, gets us to the same point of saying we want an integrated EHR. We know that that's a sort of a uh, targeted end goal for us. This is just one way of doing that that might be shorter term, sooner, financially feasible, all those other sorts of things, uh, but may not ultimately be where we want to go. But that's part of the, the process. 
for this so the consolidated billing that you mentioned in the earlier one about the skilled nursing facilities mm -hmm. that's part of the that's included in the IT or the finance uh, thing that you're talking about well we need we need to uh, evaluate it currently the um, <clears throat> the uh, skilled nursing facilities that are at Alameda are on one system and then um, uh, HS does it on, on the other facilities, Fairmont facilities, through soaring, but not very well. Okay. And so <clears throat> the thought is that, um, that we need to have them all on one system, but, but a system that's designed for their business. And we're hoping that we could potentially redesign, rebuild soaring financials to do that for everybody. Um, the other issue, for example, is um, <clears throat> the billing at Alameda Hospital for acute hospital is um, actually outsourced to a company. We're paying, you know, and that's actually not going very well. But we can't consolidate it because we're not on the same system. Hmm? We, we just, uh, you're talking about the IT strategic plan? Yeah. So we just identified the consultants uh, maybe about a month ago now. Uh, we're in the contracting process with them now. Uh, the work doesn't start until I think we're talking it's gonna, June twentieth. It's going to start very quick. I actually just signed the contract um, yeah, before so I came into this meeting, and I saw that they're scheduling interviews yeah. in the next few weeks. So June twentieth, uh, if everything works out, or is it twentieth or twenty-seven? Twentieth, yeah. And we expect it to be about a three to four month process. So four month. Uh, so we expect it at the end of uh, the end of this year, effectively calendar year. I mean, it seems to me that. Um, I mean, I, I, I know that there's some longer-term important things that the consultant needs to look at. It, it seems like in the short term, in, in support of integration, you know, as we're trying to have a network and um, get our providers thinking that they're part of a whole system, it, it just it's, it does seem like that, that conversion for those two hospitals would be a short-term, like, kind of a no-brainer for the consultant to tell us, yeah, go do it, even if we're going to end up getting a different EHR later. Mm -hmm. If everyone's on Sorian, when it's time to do that later, would that, it might, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong because uh, I'm a not bit an IT more, expert. It yeah, is I mean, a bit more nuanced. Wanna, yeah. Prejudge. I mean, the right. report's probably been done in three or four months, so we'll see. Okay. But I think yeah. it's going to yeah. be. Yes, yeah. uh, yeah, but, but if, yeah. if that's on the capital of the potential capital expenditure list for yeah. this year for IT, I would I would elevate that higher on the list. It'd just yeah. be my preference if it if it helps integration for. Well, I mean, it, it, as far as whether it means that our, again, our providers, our staff feel like they're part of a system, if it means patients can be referred better to different facilities as far as that whole throughput thing goes as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, this one, I think, unless I'm wrong, I think we're actually already, are we paying? Sure. Yeah, it's a back-end part of it. But the whole electronic health record as well. Right? Yeah, no, I think they Okay. Well, I, but I think he Fair was enough. talking about the clinical part of Sori and, yeah. Yes. For the docs yes. at San Leandro That's and correct. Alameda yes. in yes. the interim before we get right. to a correct. whole other one. Yes. yes. Right. Yeah. So at least get people used to working on the same system. I promise not to belabor this, just so that I can understand. So the, the evaluation of the of the EHR, the alternatives, mm -hmm. if people move in, in the other systems to Sorian and you mm -hmm. move over to that mm -hmm. and the EHR process mm -hmm. has an entirely different mm -hmm. platform. Mm -hmm. Aren't they doing it twice? Yes. Yes. Is that a problem? 
It's the question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, there, there are pros and cons to it. Uh, as, as you're hearing, there, the pros are uh, it could be a faster thing to do to get everybody on a system that is largely, you know, in, if I were to say two-thirds of the organization right now. Uh, but even for those two-thirds, as you know, there's a fair amount of problems with the current system. So while there's some benefits to having everybody on the same thing, then we expose everybody to the same set of problems. And if it ultimately isn't the one that we land on, then it could very well result in uh, uh, two moves. Uh, even though, yeah. even if we were to go to a different one down the road, that second one, uh, that other it's alternative, probably way down the road. it's several years yeah. down the okay. road. Yeah, from a design, build, and then conversion perspective, it would be okay. several years down the road. Okay. Uh, David, as we proceed on this on this process, do you want us to interrupt you for questions, or should we write them down and give them to you all at once, or how, how would um, how would this work I, I, for you I, best? I'd prefer that you do both. I would give them to me real time, and then if we get to the end and there's additional, let's do it then. Okay, then. Yeah. You, uh, thank you. That's yeah. all I needed to know. Okay. Um, the next area is uh, human resources, and I'm not going to presume to speak for Jeanette. Thank you. Um, we, um, we will be spending um, a lot of our time supporting organizational redesign that needs to take place in order to operationalize the strategic plan, and that will be um, a main focus you know, of effort. One of the, the things that you'll um, notice in the, in the budget this year when we present it for final approval is there's not going to be a section that talks about reductions that we're making and why we're making them and how that's going to affect employees. We will be, there will be some changes during, during the year, but, but our, our objective is to, is to start working, working on those with, with, the, um, with the relevant labor unions before we, before we start the implementation so that we're in agreement on what our strategy is and then work through those processes. And from time to time, we will likely come to you with a, with a request to approve changing, changing some positions to, to different positions and tell you what we're doing you know, to work with employees so that, so that they're not adversely impacted. But those will, those will happen you know, as, we, as we move forward with implementing a change in order to operationalize the plan rather than as part as part of the budget process. Um, does that mean that we, you, we, <laughs> so during the budget process, we're not going to see, uh, you know, here's, here's a set number of positions that, that will be eliminated and, and, and here's who they are and here's the classifications. I mean, I think what you're proposing is fine as right. long as we have some advanced warning. You, 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 will, you will have that well, be, well before the time that we get to the point of identifying what the positions are. We, um, as, much as, as much as we could, David and I and David's staff tried to, um, tried to um, estimate what changes might be happening you know, as, a, as a result of operationalizing the plan, but we have, but we have not put into the, into the budget any any reductions of of FTEs? Right. As I recall, last meeting you actually show an increase in FTEs over the whole system for the year, and that's been tightened yes. up. But there is an increase. 
Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I just I just want to make sure we uh, we see it coming and have it well explained to us when it arrives, so that we avoid yeah. some of the, you know, I think, yeah, uh, tax communication we had last summer. Yeah. It, yes, we will. I will work really hard to make sure that that does not happen again. Um, I'd yeah. like to follow up on that. So with regard to the um, strategic initiatives and the kind of the move to cost centers related to the strategic initiatives, can you just, oh, no, forget it. I don't want any examples. Okay. <laughs> I'll think about it and ask something specific later. Okay. I, I was just going to append uh, uh, um, the comments that Jeanette made to your comments uh, or your question, uh, Trustee DeVries. One of the other rationales for the, uh, taking this approach was uh, any adjustments that we make to staffing that are, uh, as Jeanette said, in, in, the, uh, in the direction of effecting the strategic plan are driven by just that. They're not driven by uh, budget challenges where we're doing a re reduction in force. It would be an adjustment to the types of staff that we need, the types of roles that we need uh, uh, to, again, to move in this direction. And we will, as Jeanette said, work with the relevant uh, uh, labor unions and workforce leaders to, uh, to clarify that, to work through those things, and then bring those to the board uh, in that vein, not in the vein of, you know, we're trying to cut costs to remain in budget or to address a, you know, a structural deficit. Right, and, and I could um, give you one example of something that's part of the plan that um, David mentioned mentioned earlier. We, we are changing the way we do care management throughout the system, and um, Lorna Jones, our Director of Labor Relations, has already, has already met with the Regional Director of SEIU and the leadership that will be responsible for implementing that plan to start talking about what we what we intend to do and how the how the the work of the social workers and the and the nurse utilization management people would 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 change over time and why that would be more effective and we've already started those conversations even though we haven't actually started implementing a change in process uh, would you mind just taking a little bit of time to talk about the actual budget planning process that you have gone through um, the maybe not by name necessarily but the groups that were involved um, who has given input to this budget so that there's a sense of of how your process worked um, I can I'll, I'll start and add David and others if you want to chime in uh, yeah so so as we discussed in the uh, uh, the last presentation we started the budget off in the uh, more traditional fashion or the customary fashion that we've done as an organization which was uh, we set out a set of uh, uh, targets based off of uh, sort of a uh, projection uh, um, for performance, for utilization, all those sorts of things uh, based off of the first part of the year. We give those uh, numbers and parameters to all the leaders throughout the organization who have oversight for or accountability for uh, various cost centers and departments and say, uh, use this information now to present and create a budget for the next year. Uh, those leaders fill in, uh, use our budget tool to fill in the budget requests extrapolating for the next year based off of what they know has occurred and what's sort of uh, assumed in those experiences to what they, um, uh, to be uh, adjusted by what they think might occur on a go forward basis for the rest of the year that might impact next year. So there's a set of assumptions obviously that go into that. Um, 
those all came back to us as a leadership. Uh, uh, that process gets sort of uh, uh, collated into a full-on budget based off of uh, what the uh, what the organization or what the various leaders in the organization have asked for. That collation shows us where, when we look at the revenue for the organization, and then uh, compare that to the expenses that have come through where we are from a, a, a sort of a delta perspective, real time. The coalition. Yeah. yeah. Can you give them examples of who the leaders are? What you're. Oh, what so they're, they're managers. They're, they're managers. They're directors. Uh, so you have nursing managers. You have uh, clinic leaders. You have um, uh, facilities uh, leaders. Uh, support uh, the various support services. You have finance leaders, IT leaders. You have um, uh, uh, our CAOs and others who are who have oversight of those areas who all those budgets kind of roll up to, it all comes through and then uh, gets co collated into the organization. So it, it, it goes from a manager level, anywhere where there is oversight and accountability for a cost center, all the way up through uh, all of the leadership for the organization. We then have a budget oversight committee for the leadership, so that's all of uh, the executive leadership team, so all of the uh, system level C-suite and then the chief administrative officers for each uh, campus. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think of it as appended. Do those managers, does that information come from a, a supervisor, a manager, and they look through it, or are there meetings being held with with employees and other people? I mean, how does... The basic budget <clears throat> process is that um, we identify volumes and cost of living adjustments up front. We take people's current operations, and apply those numbers with new volumes and give them to the managers. The managers have an opportunity to look at that and request changes or suggest changes. That Those budgets then go to their supervisors for approval. They get approved. They all roll up. <clears throat> they go to the budget, and we have a budget oversight committee. And the, the process we used was we had a series of teams who looked at the budget from different directions, you know, productivity or organization structure, other things, purchase services. Um, and there was that feedback, <clears throat> and um, uh, it was uh, hoped at that point that we'd have a balanced budget, and we didn't. So we said, okay, well, let's, let's take a big step back, and what we're going to do is essentially say everybody needs to continue operating as they're operating now with known adjustments for volume, colas, or any kind of strategic initiatives we went in with. So now there's going to be a number of people who, who didn't get things that they asked for. And so the message is, that's fine. You're going to have a chance. And, in fact, we're going to start this. We're going to reinvigorate this uh, uh, variance committee to include the CFO and the chief operating officer and schedule these departments to come in, you know, one by one throughout the year. And instead of just reporting on variances, we're going to use that to actually do a budget review and revision uh, and benchmark them against, you know, industry benchmarks and say, let's develop a plan for you to, you know, get to where you need to be, or if you need to grow or increase, we'll put those in there as well. So that way, when we get to the next budget <clears throat> next year, um, that initial process is already done, uh, and all we have to do is deal with, um, you know, new initiatives. So, so when those um, when those requests come through and you see that they're valid and you you need whatever it is that was requested, mm -hmm. how? take that and those dollars come from 
what arena? You know, I mean, is it mean is it meaning you're going to have to take something from somebody else to move to that area? Is it coming from the the now four million dollar reserve? Um, you know how and and why I'm asking that question is the larger aspect of if in fact a board is approving what you have presented mm -hmm. and then you're making shifts mm -hmm. and you will come to us about we need to do this versus this right the, the right. idea of whether or not obviously it isn't it hasn't been budgeted because it wasn't you didn't know that it was going to be there um so how yeah, does yeah. that so, connection so what work we're saying with the to board? You is um the management team <clears throat> is committed to living within the budget that you're going to see tonight at a summary level. Now, that doesn't mean that we might not come in and add some things and subtract we, some things. Sure, sure. I mean, year. you're going to have yeah. to. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But we're, going to, we're, going to, we're not going to change the budget we give to you. We're going to manage within that budget. So, so, so just so we're clear about that, what he's saying is the budget that you're approving is a, is a summary level budget so that what that would mean is, let's say, within – uh, a line item of the budget, I don't know, uh, purchase services. Uh, you have a you, know, you have a dollar figure. That dollar figure for us is reflective of uh, breakdown of those dollars within certain units. As we meet with units and go through those plans or understand how they want to uh, uh, um, use those dollars, part of those discussions could result in savings where we say. Uh, that doesn't make sense. We're doing that somewhere else, or we don't need to do that for this year. So, so the dollar figure is still there, but maybe the initiative that someone wanted to do uh, isn't isn't mm -hmm. no longer or is no longer a plan going forward. So then you juxtapose that to another or, or part of the organization coming and saying, "We need to do X," and that wasn't necessarily included in our discussion. We could say, "Oh, we have dollars in a purchase service line. We can grant your ability okay. to do this," or okay. "We have dollars in a reserve, and we can do it because." That reserve still keeps us within our budget. Uh, if it though crosses a signature authority threshold, then it has to come to you as a, a new request because it hasn't been budgeted. Even I mean, and part of that discussion would be we have the dollars to do it. We just haven't gotten the authority from you to do it. So we'd operate within the the summary level budget and the delegated authority to make these things happen. So we're not coming to you every time we ship five dollars or yeah, five hundred dollars from one place to another. But if it were you know, a million plus, then we'd be saying this is a big change, this is a huge initiative. I really, I, I, I understand that very okay. clearly. Um, I suppose that the one piece that I'm not quite clear on is when, when you come to a board and you have, and you say we have a reserve of X number of dollars, um, is that money, when you have a reserve, are you committing to holding a reserve of that amount of money? And what was precipitating this is that, of course, I and I've mentioned before, I'm worried about the absence the of run. those the the um, supplemental supplemental dollars. dollars. Mm -hmm. And so, knowing that we have some reserve hedging against those mm -hmm. those days to come, um, and so I suppose that's what I'm thinking. I really understand how you can move within your budget and people. That that's an easy for me. Sure. Um, but it's holding on to the reserve. And when you present a reserve to say we've got a $4 million reserve, we want to keep that, or you only tell us we have a $2 million reserve and you stick it someplace else, but, but knowing that there is a reserve gives a board comfort knowing that I've done my fiduciary looking forward to three years from now. Sure. 
This is Maria, and whoever's going to answer that question, a follow-on question to that is, um, how typical is the dollar amount that we are projecting for the reserve in other institutions of our size, what would be the best practice? Is that normal? Is that high or is it low? Can, when you answer that, could you address that as well? Thanks. Um, this is David. It's, it's very common to have uh, some type of reserve. Um, <clears throat> I've seen them range from half a percent to one or one and a half percent of the budget. So one, one percent in our case would be about nine million dollars. Um, but, um, you know, this is what we have right now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make certain that in three years, I mean, I'm worried about it, and um, and I think we all ought to be. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make certain that that we are, in fact, and I see evidence that we are, in fact, holding and making certain that we're planning for that. Actually, I want to answer the question with a, with a clarifying question for David. So, uh, is it is it uh, is it correct to understand to to understand that the reserve would essentially fall to the uh, the um, the working capital loan that we have with the with the county, so that um, no, I mean the reserve is what we've done is we've we've budgeted expenses in a cost center where we know we're not going to spend it, so it's just going to sit there. It's going to be a positive variance, and if if the rest of the budget is exactly as planned, then we'll have an extra four million dollars of profit, which would then reduce the line of credit. Right. It would it would sort yeah. of be reflected in the yeah. in the N and B. Yeah. But so now to to Trustee Lawrence's uh, question, uh, should we over the course of the year identify either spending uh, needs and or you know uh, well I guess that would still count yeah. as expenses yeah. unanticipated expenses of a certain level we would be reflecting to the board that uh, that those expenses uh, if we are not performing. Uh, uh, where we expected in the other cost mm -hmm. centers could be uh, could be essentially absorbed with or uh, accounted yes. for by the use of the reserve dollars without adversely impacting the rest of the budget. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but we you'd have to know that effectively so that if 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 for example uh, we got hit with some particular fine or some other sort of accounting uh, mm -hmm. change that then required us to uh, account for dollars in in current years. Uh, budget, then we we'd essentially, unlike this year, uh, we'd have some sort of reserve of, of from which to actually draw those dollars from. Without saying then that our EBITDA margin would be uh, uh, impacted, uh, and that's just sort of a set, another layer of protection for us yeah. if this all you know pans out. And from a, a policy standpoint, I guess would you ever consider adding that to your capital expenditure budget if you? found that you had those funds available? So, uh, it's a great question. I, it, it would probably, I could see it happening in sort of one or two ways. Uh, if, if we as leadership thought that, you know, this was really, uh, um, you know, we, we, were, we were comfortable with the rest of the budget in a way that we felt the reserves were not necessarily going to be called upon uh, for the year so that we don't need to use them for any sort of operating need or, or we have this big priority we could propose to you hey, here, here are these reserves, we'd like to use them for this purpose and seek your endorsement of them. Uh, similarly, you know, as you go through the year and you hear concerns being brought forward, whether they're, you know, 
capital or, or operating, you could similarly say, you know, what's the prospect of the organization tapping into that particular reserve to use it in this way without adversely impacting the rest of the budget. So I just want to be clear. Um, you would, as a policy, though, you will come to the board before dipping into those reserves, correct? No. No. Okay. Um, I, well, it, so, so I think it's yes I, and no. Well, well, I mean, what I would think would be great, if, yeah. if I could, I mean, we, would tell we, you we have the line of we credit. We, we wouldn't necessarily ask. So let, let me just try it. So we well, have $4 million in reserves. It's budget. If we come up with, say, nursing comes in and says, gee, we need a million dollars to improve patient care, and we think that's a good idea, we'll move a million dollars from over there to over there. Um, we'll tell you about it, but. but that's a uh, million dollars above approval. what was appropriated in the budget. No, the, bud the total budget would be the same. We would say, I'm going to take a million dollars of budget in this cost center that's not doing anything, and we're going to give it to nursing. And so Kinsey can go spend a million dollars. But now we have a $3 million reserve. So we can. Hey, uh, Jim, if there's an airplane nearby, go on mute. That was um, a successful take on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so your in your concept um, in your concept the the reserve is a part of the budget correct yes mm -hmm. yes like a line that's right like the, a, like a line where I was going to append his comment is the way that it could come back to you as I was saying earlier is if it ends up being one big contractual item or something that does exceed signature authority yeah. then it would come to you yeah. if it's right moving dollars to basically affect uh, right. any true. sort of change yeah. that comes through the organization, uh, then it wouldn't need to because okay. you so effectively then, said, here's a fund that you could use to keep things operating. So then as a board member, if, if this board, I'm a single voice here, so you don't have to pay attention to single voice, but l let's say this board wants from, from the administration a line item called um, hedge against the supplements mm -hmm. and money is put in there mm -hmm. that in my mind is taking money from that reserve that you now have in the budget okay. and putting it into a line item mm -hmm. and creating that so that that then can't be moved because it's the board's hedge against the correct uh, but just so we're clear, uh, under the, uh, under the uh, circumstances that we're in uh, currently with the uh, loan with the county and the net negative balance, any dollars on, on an annual basis that we do treat in that sort of way will fall to that delta. So you, when we look at that, that limit, remember we have the cash borrowing limit. The limit that, that de-escalates yeah, down by yeah. $5 million right. every year. We have a plan to stay below that. Uh, any any additional dollars that you do would basically go there because we're we would just keep that number lower than than even lower than than what what it would need to be that mm -hmm. gives us a cap so that you know with, by 2020 if nothing else happens uh, assuming we don't change that plan we still have more room but right. that room doesn't that room is not like extra money per se it would just it would it would right. put us it's up just to that, exactly I, right okay. Right. And that's different than the debt. Yes. Yes. Because David did say about, no, he, he said about the debt. The line of credit is what he, just, what, what he just talked about. So the debt, paying down the debt, is in my view like our mortgage. 
Correct. Know, like and a we house budgeted mortgage. for that. And so, you budgeted for that. Right. But but it, for a board to say, okay, we're going to put more money on to pay down our mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're just way ahead of schedule. That's that's. Yeah, but we at. don't. But yes, okay. So, so the and so that if I tried to borrow that, and I think this is true, and, and someone correct me if it's wrong. Let's say you're just way ahead in your payment schedule. So then, if you stopped your payment, which I don't know if you can do actually, but but if you stopped your payment, yeah. you're you're still ahead. So and and that's that's the case here. So if we we're we're planning to be below that, and we're working to do that to keep that. To the line of credit, but not the debt. The line of credit, don't we still have a debt that we, there's a line of credit. But Maybe I'm confused. In that the line of credit we have goes down each year by $5 million, and that's $5 million we're paying down on the debt, approximately, right? The, the availability, yeah. <laughs> on, let me try this. The availability in the line does decline by $5 million a year and gets down to 50 at the end of 20 years. During that period, we can go anywhere in there as long as we're below the availability. We, you know, so it's different than a mortgage because mortgage you pay down, you can't borrow it back. Right. With us, we can pay it down as much as we want, and then the, the balance is available to us if we need it. Correct. So if we say, oh, we've got to get a big capital project, we've got to do, but, we can but, jump in and use that money. But that $5 million is, in essence, paying down the debt, and the county is putting that aside for potential future capital improvements, correct? No, those are two different things. Two, okay, two different sorry. Things. Those are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the, the so forget the last thing I the said. The availability is reducing. And that's reducing our debt as well? No, it's reducing the availability. When we operate profitably, that reduces the debt. So what he's saying is, you look at those, you remember those two different lines? Or yeah. we always say the two different lines? The, I'm only remembering one. That's the so, so the, yeah, the, yeah. the you remember the top line that kind of stays yeah. flat and then it drops and it's flat and drops. Yeah. That that is the line of credit. That yeah. is, you know, 150, 145, 140. Yeah. Uh, the um, debt yeah. is, you know, any given yeah, point during the year, it's doing like this, right? Right. Because we have revenues, right. we have expenses right. going out, revenues coming in. So, so what he's saying is that number can fluctuate all throughout the year. By the end of the year, right. we have to be where that those two lines are supposed to meet. Or at, at the, at the yeah. you know, at, at the least they have to meet, or they, or it should be below that. Yeah. So, so that's why it's two different things. Yeah. And so, what we're saying effectively is, if you were to set aside five, whatever a reserve was, and you were trying to do it to responsibly say that by 2020, if we don't have additional dollars, effectively you move the debt lower, um, but the line of credit would stay where it is. Mm -hmm. So then, if we didn't get additional money, you'd basically have more space uh -huh. to to uh -huh. to pull to draw against, mm -hmm. but you still got to pay it back. Mm -hmm. So this number is still going to move. So, mm -hmm. so, so it's it's a you know we're going to work to be responsible and stay at or below that number on an annual basis each year. Uh, and this is dollars in excess of that that are saying that on a budgeting basis we're not budgeting to spend every single dollar at the beginning of the year we're creating some room to say that we know that there are going to be things that we can't anticipate and we don't want those things that we can't anticipate to all of a sudden threaten our ability to stay at or below that line at the end of the year so this is room to actually do that and that's we think the one of the better things we can do while we're in that situation that obviously to your point don't necessarily address then how are we going to uh, this is not the way in which we're addressing the loss of the supplemental dollars by 2020 we're trying to do that in the other way by converting the way in which we're reimbursed and how we're structured to right. to be uh, reimbursed for our services
and the services that we deliver so that we're not so uh, heavy, uh, I shouldn't say so heavy, but we're not relying on delivering services in order to be reimbursed. We're capitating for the life. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, I understand it. Okay. I'm not certain I agree with it, but I understand. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, let's get back to this. So, Jeanette, uh, you've got a few more items. To... Um, several years ago, we started um, educating leaders and, um, and intended to, um, to use lean as our, as our um, organizing, organizing and development um, process for making changes in the organization and and that was that was in advance for a couple of years but part of what we're what we're doing this year is um, is reinvigorating you know our lean process we currently have have um, have two specialists there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, in order to meet the requirements in prime and we will be Focusing a lot of attention on using lean in that in that process. Um, uh, for the last couple of years, we've been we've been moving from a um, from a correction and discipline process um, for performance management to um, to implementing a coaching a coaching process, trying to improve improve performance rather than rather than immediately disciplining poor performance um, so we will continue along that path and will and will be um, proposing um, incentives um, to the um, our plan plan is to um, is to propose an, an incentive plan um, at the time we um, we provide um, further education um, to the board on um, on setting compensation in healthcare organizations. So you will you can um, can expect to see that within the next few months. We have been um, we believe that we are um, disproportionately paying for the unfunded liability in in ASERA and are working with um, with our actuaries to develop another process to propose to. To ASERA for calculating those unfunded liabilities. Um, earlier this week, Del Vecchio and I met with the new um, CEO of, of ASERA and had a, a very pleasant collaborative meeting. And, and he's expecting us to come to them, you know, with a proposal to do that, which could um, could reduce our um, our retirement um, costs substantially moving forward, as well as potentially um, retroactively. Right and we, we did not put that in the budget. <laughs> we did not put. Yeah, it, it'll go in the reserves. And, and then we, we continue to want to reduce our um, workers' compensation costs. And, and we did um, include in our, in our budget an, an employee safety um, specialist um, that will be that will be working with units where we've had injuries so that we can be as injury free as possible in our organization which and have a safer workplace for everyone you know as well as reducing costs okay. Jeanette I had a question about the lean mm -hmm. are the lean specialists that you said are they in house or are they consultants they, they are they are they are in, 
employees th that work Good. in a cons on a consulting basis with different parts of the organization. But they are employees. But they are employees. That's good because QI and things having people from outside come and do it as much as it is, it's really good to have our own staff be doing that. It cannot sustain if it's you know someone swooping in and saying this is what you need to do and then swooping out again because it's a right. continual improvement process. So I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, I, th I think uh, a lot of uh, uh, so my peers would absolutely agree with that that uh, assessment. Uh, and and so, kind of to that end, a lot of people who were sort of just sort of towing into this would do that just that. They'd have someone come in and kind of give you uh, work on a project, give you an assessment, give you a book of here's what you do, and then they're out and. Uh, the whole thing falls apart. So a lot of folks move to the uh, sort of the different tact of saying uh, uh, some of the more successful organizations said uh, we will we will find people who know how to teach you how to do this uh, and have an engagement that where their their work is principled not on actually doing the work but teaching us how to do the work uh, so that we can do it ourselves uh, and then you know then we also have the ability not just to do it ourselves, but to teach others in the organization. So this organization, uh, uh, as some of you may know, did some of that work. Uh, the uh, sort of unfortunate thing was as we, as we sort of uh, uh, moved in a different direction, a lot of the, uh, the uh, uh, expertise and, and leadership in that space moved away as well, so we've lost that. So we do have people in the organization, as Jeanette mentioned, who are uh, who are trained and they are helping with some of that work, but it's, as you mentioned, just two individuals. Uh, and they aren't the leadership, per se, for this group. So they so they are helping with this, but we do need, and we think we'll, uh, as we explore this, uh, need to bring in leadership for it, uh, probably additional resources, as well as some external expertise to help us to build the infrastructure, not to do the work. That will be ours, and we will own that on a go-forward basis. But we'll bring that to you as we go down this road this year. Sillers here, I've just listed a lot of the ideas that are coming out of the SBU. So there's, and we haven't added resources to facilities. So I'm, that's one area I'm, I'm looking at and saying, boy, uh, I'm not sure how much we can get done there without additional resources. But there, there's going to be a lot going on. Um, in the area of physician development, obviously we have a new chief medical officer um, that will join us early next year. Um, uh, we're already engaged with him, uh, and he's providing guidance in a number of areas. Uh, we have built in uh, about half a million dollars for, uh, you know, process redesign, either in the teaching program or perhaps the quality uh, process. So we thought we'd have some dollars available for him. And then finally, um, in the area of planning and business development, obviously you'll get the strategic plan, uh, but there's a lot of business planning now to be done to turn all of these strategies into uh, operations. And uh, so I think that department, uh, we've, Jeanette and I have talked about, you know, organization around that and different resources we might use, but th there's going to be a, a big need for business planning um, in the next year. Okay, okay. yes. Cost associated with the magnet project and does it, where does it fall in here? Um, there, there are dollars in there. I'm not sure that we have everything that Kinsey wants at this point. It is in here. Um, okay, so now we're going to switch to the, uh, the budget, and this is simply to show um, graphically what the 2017 budget looks like. You can see we'd have uh, EBITDA of 
45.8 million. That's up from 34.8 um, for this year, which is the current uh, forecast, which hasn't been updated. And um, uh, pretty good trends on uh, keeping costs under control. So now let's go into some of the detail. Um, again, 5% EBITDA margin. We, we still have a $30 million capital budget, um, but and, and we have an initial list, which you've seen. I'm not going to present that tonight because it, we need to go back and look at it again in light of all these uh, projects and the IT strategic plan and other things. So there's some work to be done there. Um, the budget currently has 2.4% revenue growth and 1.7% expense growth. So we're pretty pleased with that. Um, now, the, the ratio of FTEs per AOB is flat, but you have to understand that we're in the budget we're converting contractors to employees. So keep that in mind when you see the FTE numbers. And we do have at this point a $4 million uh, reserve, which I'm sure people are lining up to um, go after. Um, okay. Um, let's see. D David, when you set up the revenue growth. Um, yes. That's this number right here. Yes. Um, it, how it, it's I'm trying to think of the concept rather than the, the detail of the dollars mm -hmm. um, in, in my mind looking at the improvements that need to be made in in ambulatory mm -hmm. and and some of the lean and some of the mm -hmm. other kinds of stuff th those things don't happen overnight and so as a result they will in fact take mm -hmm. take a significant amount of time to get that done let's yeah. say six months or eight months or mm -hmm. a year Mm -hmm. So how, how in knowing that those things have to be fixed, where does the growth come from if everything were exactly the same as it is now in terms of, in terms of efficiency and operations? Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm trying to get yeah, at? Yeah, so, I mean, this is obviously an annual budget. When we look at the detail, we, we roll it out by month. We spread the volume so that the, you know, doesn't increase immediately. It kind of steps up, and then on revenue, uh, we do, do we, we do the same thing by adjusting the uh, collection ratio, so it sort of improves as we go through the year. And so, therefore, you have just like we did this year. We kind of started out down here, but we were ending up much better off than we started. And I think you'll continue to see that trend in the new budget, even though the change is not going to be as great. You know, we went from yeah. like minus three last year to plus, plus four, plus four and a half and, this year. And my sense of that growth, while um, you can see it charted this current year, there was a lot of infrastructure that went on the previous oh, yeah. year yeah. in order to get that gradual thing that we saw this year. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm applying that same template in my mind of looking at your – OIs, um, your right. And so, like for example, one of the things that's happening here is a lot of the consulting costs that we spent last year, the year in, are falling out of the budget. You know, uh, a lot of the work for uh, redesigning patient financial services going away. A lot of the costs of collecting old accounts going away because we're now current. But then we're adding things. We're adding, you know, profi. We're adding care coordination. Quality, um, so um, you know that actually shows up here on this uh, purchase service line, which is where consulting is. Uh, you can see it's actually at this point going up slightly in the budget. Okay, but start the point I put this up here is to show you revenue. So here's the 2.4% growth. 
patient revenue is going to go up 5.7, we think. Now, last year we went up 10. So this is much more conservative okay. than what happened this year. And on supplementals, we're actually looking at going down. Now, we have an internal reserve in this number <laughs> on top of the other one of 5% of the waiver. So, yeah, which is about $5 million. So this may be a little conservative, but, you know, we're trying to have reserves because we may not earn all of it. The, the one that stood out for me was pharmaceuticals, given the last yeah. few months of yeah. reporting on how far off they were. Right. So, so, so here we have a $5.6 million improvement. Okay. So what happens is this number, as you can see, is bigger than that number. There's two reasons that's up. One is we started this specialty drug program. The other is there's an audit issue that we're having to record, and it's a one-time hit of $5 million. So next year, you that $5 million won't be there. Okay. It's going to go down. Plus, we're looking at the 340B uh, program at Alameda and San Leandro. We think we have an opportunity to improve. So we're expecting pharmacy costs to um, be better. I believe we're also recruiting a system-wide director pharmacy which could have some benefits okay. selected that position okay all right so in total then we have uh, expenses there it is there it is going down one point set are uh, increasing by 1.7 we have salaries going up by 3.5 benefits by 1.9 and um, and this one includes registry. Now, this is where, if you look at the paid FTEs, which are going up 124 or 3.2%, that largely accounts for the growth in salaries. But again, we're, what we're doing is we're shifting contractors to, uh, to employed status. Um, we think we're going to have uh, some m moderate improvement in... Uh, contracted physician services, we talked about uh, these two. And then this is uh, medical supplies, which um, actually has an improvement. We think that's based on the Better 2 initiative. And then minor changes down below. You notice uh, a big piece of the increase here is depreciation, a 30% increase, $4 million. That's because of opening the new tower. We bought a bunch of equipment ourselves. And so a um, big piece of the 1.7% increase, about a third of it, or a fourth of it, is, um, is depreciation. Okay. Um, let's see. So now we're going to give you more detail. And this is, this, you've seen this before. Uh, it hasn't changed. This is the volume forecast. And you did ask questions about, well, you know, can we really do 17% deliveries? We think so because we have a new unit. We think we will see an increase in census, uh, and we think, um, you know, we have the potential of seeing a 9% increase in ambulatory visits. So those are, those are pretty aggressive uh, growth numbers, but um, the team at this point feels like we can do them. I just want to comment on the increase in deliveries. Um, I was channel surfing the other night, and I saw a fantastic TV commercial about how fun it is to have a baby now at Highland Hospital. I was so proud. I stopped, and I rewound, and I watched it a couple times, and it was awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I love the new purple sign. I, I, 
from my new house, I can see it when I drive down the hill, and it's just like, yeah. yeah. So I just wanted. So I think that 17 percent yield. Terrific, <laughs> terrific. The ADR, I think, is the big. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this slide is more detail on revenue. If and what we've done here really is we've broken out the detail on supplementals for you to look at in big categories, so you can see where the the drop comes from. And the areas that are declining are the Medi-Cal waiver, but again, this is where we've got that reserve. Um, but then we're seeing drops in uh, other supplemental programs. So that's just part of uh, part yeah. of what's happening to us. Uh, we do have growth in um, uh, Measure A, which is here. This also includes the Alameda District uh, allocation, and um, uh, grants are growing in some other areas. But that's that's the detail on that. Uh, then we have um, more detail on operating expenses. Actually, we actually kind of went through this already, so I'm going to skip over that. Um, and then look at it by... Um, Sorry. Yeah. And, and the supplemental decline, that being the, one of the biggest numbers. Um, yeah. What, but that's, that's above and beyond the Medi-Cal waiver. I mean, uh, well, there are uh, there are other uh, programs inside the supplementals. I don't have them at the tip of my tongue, but I could uh, could uh, come back next time with those. Okay. I'm just curious if yeah. the yeah. yeah yeah okay. But it is more than the waiver. Yeah, it's yeah. big, and it just I just wonder what what those what are. they are, and if there's yeah. any way to prevent that. If there's any thing the board can do, I, I, mean, I don't know if these are. Yeah, we're, we're obviously look for every dollar we can in that area, but I'll come back and report on that next time. That's a good question. Um, now we're going to expenses by business unit. Now here we get into this comparability issue because, as you can see, for example, here in professional services, these are contracted physicians jumping from $39 million up to $99. Uh, what we've done is um, <clears throat> here we have th – there's professional services and all these numbers, and we've – in this column, pull them out and put them down here. Uh, so it, it kind of distorts the comparability year to year, but we do think it's important to, to be able to look at it that way, and I'll show you why in a minute. Um, then here's labor expenses. And uh, again, we have kind of the same issue, but not as bad. Um, so this is more comparable, but you can see where, where things are, are growing. And uh, in particular, we have growth at ambulatory and we have growth at Alameda Hospital are probably the biggest increases this is a, this is a shifting so don't worry about that yes um, so when you say labor you mean the uh, vocabulary means non-physician or actually employed physicians as well fall um, in there or uh, actually all employed uh, staff including physicians are in here but what we've tried to do is move um, uh, employed physicians onto this line with the exception of ambulatory. So we've left the UAPD doctors in ambulatory because it makes it, it makes no sense when you look at the numbers to pull them out of ambulatory. But we're trying to get all the other physicians into um, you know these cost centers here so that when the new CMO arrives he can look at it and understand what's going on. So that increase in the labor for ambulatory kind of tracks to that very aggressive clinic 9% mm -hmm. yeah. increase yes. in, in that. So, yeah. no. Yes. It is very aggressive. And we, we could not do it last time, so I'm just kind of 
because of the redesign and because of population health? Is uh, that why you It's that. It? It's, uh, you know, I, I, I was uh, quite concerned about this too and <laughs> talked to the uh, to our uh, ambulatory leadership group who, well, I talked to the CAO who's helping us lead that group who talked to all the providers and the medical directors for each of the clinic. They've looked at it. They feel it's achievable. A big part of why they do is uh, at the end of the year here we have been uh, uh, successful in recruiting additional providers who will be a part of our cadre barring no unforeseen circumstances this year. Uh, we, we did recruit providers this year but we also lost providers and so our ability to kind of like get ahead was was impacted by that amongst other things. Uh, uh, but there's there's a degree of confidence that this year, having you know filled a lot of those roles uh, uh, for this clinics that you know we can we can move forward and then certainly uh, the greater focus on you know filling out or the effort to fill out the leadership and uh, 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 some of the productivity efforts that David talked about earlier we're hoping to be able to to do that with with greater uh, likelihood this year than say or next year than this year. Um, <clears throat> this slide breaks down the uh, budgeted FTEs by uh, business unit, current business units. I, I should point out, too, that we intend to change the business units after the first of the year. These are the old ones. We want to start reporting on the new SP, those six business units, as well as support costs. Uh, you can see the biggest percent growth is in professional services, but that represents uh, providers shifting from a contracted status to an employed status. So this would be, for example, orthopedics and um, <clears throat> um, radiology is in the process of coming over, a couple of other areas. Um, trend, uh, so the red line is total FTEs. You can see it's growing slightly this year, but the ratio uh, remains pretty good and certainly improved over prior years. And um, now we're shifting into a couple different areas. So this is the benefits budget which is going to increase to 169 million but decrease as a percentage of total salaries uh, Jeanette do you want to say anything about benefits are there questions for Jeanette no Paying a lot of attention to benefits um, and these are purchase services so this will give you an idea of um, what changes are occurring yes I'm sorry David in, in terms of benefits those are those are all statutory and health. Um, yes, yeah, statutory is a FICA, health and dental, life yeah, insurance, so retirement, the, pension. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. we should point out that the I, large part of the... I was looking at bottom line. No, okay, sorry, right. I see it. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so here's the breakout of purchase services and consulting. Uh, you can get an idea of where, where we have been spending these dollars and where some of the big shifts are. Um, so, but for example, uh, halfway down the page, you can see that uh, two million four hundred ninety-six. That is the uh, actually a reserve that we have established for the, the new waiver, uh, so the team there can take those dollars and allocate them to various areas as they uh, identify them. Uh, you can see that two point two million. That was the that's now four, and you can see some of the other changes. Um, we're happy to, uh, you can see the reserve for population health at the bottom and the reserve for the uh, loss and Sorian. Those are rough numbers. Uh, gives you an idea of where the money is going on these things. Uh, okay. 
um, insurance. You saw this last time, and this one reflects the uh, $300,000 savings. That All right, just yeah. uh, go back. Um, our our cost for the sheriff is going up by 13%? Yes. <clears throat> um, the um, There's two things that are occurring. One is the uh, staffing was uh, needed to be increased for the new building uh, just due to the space requirements. And the other thing is that the um, the sheriffs uh, uh, had negotiated with their union. There's a 4.1% uh, increase, and it was passed through to us contractually. So we had no all over that. Okay. Um, let's Is it see. still considered? Uh, I mean, I don't know that there's any other sheriff in town, so to speak, to provide services. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. help myself. But is there? I mean, I I don't know if we've. I mean, the, the sheriff's been providing security here for as long as yeah. for a really long time. Is there any other game in town that would? Cut those costs. Has there ever been a comparison? Uh, we, look, we, at we ha we're not required to to contract with the sheriff's office, but we've had a long term relationship, and they do a good job. So. Yeah, and we do have a mixed model, so we do use the sheriffs for um, um, sort of let's let's say higher skilled or higher level uh, uh, security services. But we, as as it says, security, we have a um, a fairly robust contract with an organization called HSS. Uh, which provides hospital security services nationwide, uh, and and so you know we 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 do look at uh, a, a mixed model of how we can adjust the services, and I I don't know that you know we've that the costs at this point have caused us to look at it even further to say do we do we go at a different model, uh, but uh, uh, I do know that the cost did uh, or the uh, change in the new tower and other stuff did require us to look at, you know, coverage. And, and that's been a point of concern for our staff and others that, yeah. that we've looked at. So, We did talk about this at finance. The, the, um, the, their negotiated uh, salary increase, which of course is passed on. But what was the other, what was the other amount for the The, uh, the actual uh, service needed to be expanded uh, when we moved into the new tower. Ah, so the, you have more, you have more people. Yes. Yeah, people, I think that's what people. I asked at finance, and, and oh, okay. Did you come yeah, finance? and okay. that you said there was no more, and I couldn't figure out what. So got I, it. I may have misspoken. That's okay. That's all right. Think. Now I know. Yeah. What typically happens is uh, when these meetings, I say things, and I'm and everybody's my staff is really polite, and then afterwards <laughs> they say, David, that's you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and that's it's happened to me many way. times, yeah. so I do okay. understand that. <laughs> Okay. Can we go back to 18, please? To what? 18. 18. 18. Okay. There you go. Um, Benefits. Thanks. I, I noticed, well, in earlier, you know, in your discussion earlier, the, the employee actuals went down in 2016, and the proposed employees just go up slightly, um, total paid FTEs. But there's a, there was a very large increase in, um, Retirement, yeah, that's the actual um, to projected to proposed. The, the three lines, the actual 2015. Yeah, um, I think that has to do with um, that Gasby 68 issue. Yeah, and so it's a big jump, but it's actually a lot of it's non not cash. So it's just something that we had to do 
because of the change in the county. So is that a one-time thing then? Are we we won't, we're not looking at no, any? No, no. The, the the increase is is the increase gonna stay there continues year to, year, to yeah. it's an increase in the proportion or in the yeah the amount that we have to book right. as an expense went up. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Okay. okay, so now here is the strategic business units for next year. Now I've only shown 2017 because of that comparability issue, but this is the way. The budgets will actually show for the current business units. So you can look across there and see Highland, very profitable, Fairmont, profitable, or break even actually, uh, behavioral health, profitable, um, and you know, San Leonardo and Alameda. But the, the problems we continue to experience are at Ambulatory, which is, you know, a $30 million negative contribution. And then when we pulled out professional services and looked at just what was happening with professional services there's um, and this does not not include UAPD because they're in the ambulatory um, there's a deficit of 59 million so um, that's the, essentially the amount of subsidy that the organization is providing to maintain the delivery system supporting the organization um, what do you see it's, as the it's, cost? Um, uh, obviously, the payment rates are low, but also what we found is we've gone through and looked at individual services that the productivity is is low for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, one of which is the system and, and getting just getting charges in because we continually hear that you know we're not capturing charges, which is which is true. But also, the services we've looked at, it seems like the productivity is um, you know lower than than might be expected. Um, uh, granted, we're a trauma center. We need to maintain certain services to maintain our trauma designation. That's just a cost of doing business. But, um, you know, I, I think the new CMO will, will look at these services and, you know, try to try to rationalize things. Oh, money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to explore that a little bit more. Um, you said the compensation is low. No, the uh, productivity. You said productivity. What did you say right before that? Oh, um, charge capture. So the, the, there's, there's two things. One is um, the revenue that's generated, which is $40 million, including some supplemental. And then there's the cost of employing the physicians, which is about $100 million. Um, and, you know, typically you'd expect to see much higher revenue and the two parts of revenue are the number of patients seen and then the amount we get paid for each of those patients oh, that, and the amounts we get paid we're getting paid is are, low. are always going to be low right. because of the payer mix here right right take, okay take into account thank so you that's that's understandable but yeah. can we compare that to other safety net hospitals and 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 see um, what that productivity is like uh, compared to to a comparable, uh, yeah, we can actually. I mean, the, the process we're, we're putting in place uh, builds in uh, comparisons, you know, market comparisons for like institutions. So that as we look at a service, we can say, well, what's going on at San Francisco General, mm -hmm. and what are they doing, and what are we doing, and you know. Yeah. Also, curious about the support services, which is a pretty big deficit as well. It's the second biggest. Yeah. Well, the reason there is is they have really no revenue other than measure A, which is uh, measure A and the, which is way up on top at 142 million. So really you could view support services as all cost. It's all deficit. It's just, you know, it's, it's the fixed cost of running the organization. 
So, 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 so. Does it make sense then to, to have it as its own strategic business unit? Well, what we do, well, yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, we should be managing that and, and tracking the cost. And what we do is we track that cost as a percentage of total. And then what we do is we take that and we go below the line, we allocate that out to everybody so that they can see what their share is. But that's the cost of running okay. the system. So really, gonna, oh, so really all there. of those costs are spread. They, they will be. I didn't do it on, on this particular. No, that's fine. Okay. Just, just right. because I wanted you to see what it was. Yeah. So. And, and it isn't, uh, I mean, it's it's a aggregate business unit. It's not necessarily a strategic business unit. Um, the, the strategic business units are the sort of the subsets of the uh, uh, care delivery continuum we have and uh, organizing uh, um, continuum that we have. The support services, as David is saying, is basically the foundation that enables all of them to to uh, uh, realize the goals that we're setting out. So. I, I, I do think in most public systems there are going to be, and you call them business units, and, and I, I like it spread out this way so you can see it, but mm -hmm. there, there all, are always going to be those areas in which are never going to pay for themselves, sure. and so you yeah. have to have you have to have something else. That's right. It's mm -hmm. the overhead, and you've got to have something else that's going to offset those those costs. So, right. um, but the the nice thing about putting it like this is to be able to see it over time to see whether or not those things have gone up or down right. and right. Um, so I I like it when it's not when it's pulled out and, and addressed in this manner but yeah. you, you do it anyway yeah. Yeah. Your budget. Yeah. I also just think that um, I just said to um, Trustee Jensen that you know the city we have these central service overhead charges that people always curse about um, you know every time another department is charging this department because of that that built-in cost so it would be great if each other unit saw how you know, how much this cost them right. so yes. to, for them to really understand their cost of doing business yeah. um, that's think, right yeah that's it, right because it, it, it's you know like this stuff all the support that you get doesn't come for free and I think that can help um, the other units understand right. that so David can you explain why the collection percentages vary so much from like 15% at San Leandro to 22? And, yes. and hasn't Fairmont been seeing like a kind of lower collection ratio <clears throat> percentages lately? Um, or am I just uh, imagining that? The, um, uh, the 22 is really high, right? 22, 23 is when we are doing our best. Yeah. The, it, it varies uh, due primarily to the payer mix, which varies quite a bit between facilities so and of course Fairmont has different reimbursement than Highland because Fairmont's a skilled nursing facility Highland's a hospital uh, also the rates uh, <clears throat> uh, the charge master would have a difference but we've kind of gone through and, and we've been standardizing those things but primarily it's pair mix uh, and in some cases it's been the efficiency of operations but uh, we're fixing that over time uh, let's see, labor expenses. Oh, now we're giving you a little bit more detail on those support services. Mm -hmm. So you can see <clears throat> where the money's being spent. And just like we talked about, you know, it's important for people to know what things cost. And uh, so there's a breakdown. Happy to talk about any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... Well, to Jeff's point with that, then you would, um, you would just would just proportion it whatever the expenses of Jeanette's division or, or yeah. office we are. Do it, we do it in, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay. 
And then here's the um, the FTEs per division, so you can see where the uh, staffing is. Right there, and actually down a little bit from prior year. Um, well, that's good. And then questions. So. Go back on page 22. Maybe um, you said it, and I just missed it. But why, for administration and HR, are so different from actual 2015? Oh, um, HR is easy. So we had uh, uh, benefits were in there for the system, and uh, then they were um, allocated out to the different SBUs. Uh, I think. Or is that it? Is that or was it? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Turn to the... Jody, just come on up and sit Needs protection, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. The um, drop in uh, human resources from 15 to 16. And then the, the rise oh, in administration. The, uh, benefits. benefits. We allocated the um, workers' comp. I'm sorry. 16 and proposed 17. We allocated the workers' comp and the OPEB adjustment. Uh, out to all of the business uh, units. Define, we didn't restate OPEB. actual 2015. OPEB okay. is uh, other post-employment post benefits. Thank you. So administration and all the rest of the departments increased as a result of allocating out the benefits to all of the... Um, oh, you put benefits for the rest of the company into administration? No, they just got a pro rata share of it. Um, administration? Yes. What did you do? Say it again. So, you know what? I need to look at that one again. Okay. 15 to 16. I see that. I, I'm going to have to go back and drill into that again. Okay. I'm sorry. Right, I don't recall okay. off the I top of my head. I thought it must be something interesting. But yeah. <laughs> I, it, I, I don't think it's interesting, but I don't recall off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we've really struggled. We're trying to get the, the books in, in a format now that makes sense, but it's different than they've been done in the past. It creates these comparability issues. We've, we've struggled with it. But in total, it's correct. Any other questions from the board? Um, I might offer my trustees this suggestion. Um, today, we set an uh, agenda planning for our meeting at the end of the month. And the budget will come to you for a formal vote at the end of the month. So what I suggest is you take the document and they will review very briefly next time, but you've got to be ready to to um, approve or deny the budget. And so what I suggest is that if you have these questions, make certain that you call David or, or Del Vecchio so that you can get something between now and then, and we don't have to spend a whole lot of time at the next meeting. It should go pretty pretty smoothly, okay? Okay, are there any other questions? Any um, public comment? This is Jim. I just had one oh. general question. Oh, sorry, Jim. Please. No, no worries. Um, uh, so the general question is, uh, you know, first of all, great job. And I'm curious um, from, you know, Jeanette, Dave, and Del Vecchio, although Del Vecchio, I'm putting you a little bit on the spot. Um, compared with the, the current year's budget, what would you say is the degree of difficulty for next year? You know, harder, easier, about the same. I have my own opinion, but I'm curious what, you know, management thinks. Um, well, I mean, we're in a much better position to achieve this budget next year than, than going to this year was a huge change. I mean, it was you know, a big change. There's much less change, but now we're shifting into really 
long-term strategic development. Yeah. Know, continued improve operational improvement, but I'd, it's a shift. I'd echo that sentiment. I'd say that, you know, last year to this year, there was clearly uh, a bigger uh, shift in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, bottom line performance for the organization that, that needed to be uh, uh, realized and, and, you know, largely was. Uh, this year, there are, you know, there, there's some, bless you, uh, there are some, you know, some structural things that we need to do, uh, some of which was alluded to tonight that to, to affect the, uh, the strategic plan and move towards implementation of it that, you know, I don't, uh, I mean, it's, it's not largely controversial, so I'm not overly concerned about it, but I do think that it's, you know, it's going to be, there will be some challenges here or there. So I'd almost say that it's probably about the same, uh, but for different reasons uh, is probably where I would, where I would land. Yeah. Jeanette, do you want to add anything there? I would say that that I think it it may be easier. One of the things we did this year is we put we put a lot of processes in in place that required the organization to review on an ongoing basis where we were, um, and we have a budget oversight committee that meets on a regular basis. We review um, jobs to be to be posted and, and filled on a on a weekly basis. We have a, a variance committee that meets at least once a month, you know, to um, to identify, you know, where we're um, where we're not meeting budget and what the cause for it is and what steps we're taking to improve it. And and I think that um, that cultural change to greater accountability is going to help us this year. Mm -hmm. the, the thing that you might okay. want to do also is bring forward that Toyon report, and so. We don't want to lose track of that, and that might be a good thing for us to review once again, which would give us a sense of the progress that's been made on those things that that we had been held accountable to. So if you could put that on the, on the list. Okay, any other questions? Okay, well then, could I have a motion to adjourn? I'll move. Oh. No, to adjourn to closed oh, session. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't ask. I thought I asked for public comment. Is there any public comment? None received. Yeah, I thought I had. Um, oh, we have closed session. I beg your pardon. Uh, we are going to adjourn to closed session um, for labor, labor negotiations.